welcome to your July Investor Update. I'm Tapa Sharma, Head of Brand Design at Nutmeg. I'm joined today by our Director of Investment Strategy, Brad Holland. Hi, Brad. Hi, Tapas. June was another volatile month for equity markets. Can you run us through some of the key figures? It was a negative financial market mood again in June, with world equities down almost 9% to be down 20% year to date. The UK's own larger company index, uh, the FTSE 100, fell 5.5% on the month to be the best performing equity index year to date, down only 1%. The key reason for the UK's better performance is the the 10% depreciation in pound sterling this year, which has boosted foreign earnings of these UK companies, in particular the pharmaceutical companies. It's worth pointing out that Chinese equities had a positive month, uh, up 6.5% with that index now down only 10% year to date. I say only 10% because in April, it had been as much as 33% lower than its 2021 peak, uh, with Chinese tech companies in particular suffering from their Communist Party crackdown on on data ownership. Now, the COVID lockdowns didn't help matters either. So uh, both these negatives have been eased of late and, and, and Chinese stocks have retraced some of that loss. Um, as have wider emerging market equity indices. Given these conditions, did you make any changes to the portfolios in the past month? Well, world equities have seen four distinct periods of weakness this year, each of them associated with rising bond yields. And and that was true in June. Rising bond yields happen as bond prices fall. And so these episodes have seen both bond and equity assets lose value, which makes it a very difficult investment environment. Bond markets in all countries have weakened this year as central banks seek to to extricate themselves from the emergency easing conditions they've put in place since the 2008 crisis and extended more recently during the COVID crisis. Uh, The the policy intention had always been to create inflation, but but policymakers have been taken aback by how much prices have actually risen. Now, obviously, the supply problems post-COVID reopening and and the food and energy price shock from the Ukraine conflict, these have added to the inflation pressures, and it's not all been down to monetary policy. Given these conditions, did you make any changes to the portfolios in the past month? Yes, we we trimmed our excess exposure to US equities and UK mid-cap equities uh, in favour of of UK large-cap and Canadian equities, both of which have large financial and commodity sector exposures. And these markets are expected to benefit from tighter monetary policy and the ongoing recovery in in global trade, uh, particularly as China opens back up. And and on that front, we have removed our emerging markets underweight as we see the several headwinds for emerging markets abating, uh, not least China's economy emerging from strict COVID lockdowns. As bond yields have risen again to inflict further losses on bondholders, we've also begun to adjust our underweight bond position. Uh, We're still cautiously positioned in bond assets, but but recognise that bond yields have risen significantly this year, uh, hence the, the partial rebalance. We're halfway through the year and recession remains a very real possibility, though I understand it's not your base case scenario. What's next for investment markets? Stock market sell-offs typically happen before economies enter recession, and and the roughly 20% loss in equities we've already seen would certainly qualify as a recession indicator, even if it doesn't guarantee a recession will occur. But even if the the data does go on to show recession over the next 
year. That doesn't mean stock markets need to fall further. No, not at all. Uh, a key deciding factor there would be the outlook for inflation. And this will determine how hard central banks feel they need to tighten policy in order to get underlying inflation back towards 2%. You'll remember uh, that the Bank of England governor, Andrew Bailey, said in February that, that workers should, should not seek excessive wage claims. And that didn't go down too well then. And it seems this warning is being ignored by, by large chunks of the labour market. That brings us nicely to our client question. A client asks, there seems to be a broad movement for employees to seek wage rises in line with high inflation. How will financial markets respond to this? In principle, if, if wage rises of any size are linked with productivity agreements, so they, they will not be inflationary. And this kind of wage rise is a win-win, really. The employee gets the higher income to match the inflation and, and the company gets the productivity boost, which benefits profitability. And anything that benefits productivity and profitability is good for equity markets. But to the extent that wage demands set off a wage inflation spiral, you know, where employers seek to pass on the higher wage costs to their customers, then, then those wage claims will be more economically disruptive, not least because central banks will be forced to stop the spiral by, by much tighter monetary policy, which will induce a recession in the demand for labour, which is rising unemployment. Now, this idea of rising unemployment provides a good link to, to quickly remind ourselves of a key reason why inflation today is so high. And the reason is that the massive support governments put into economies in 2020 and 2021 to, to offset the impact of the COVID shutdowns. A big part of the government policy was to maintain household income when many workers were threatened by unemployment due to the shutdowns. The UK's furlough scheme was an obvious example of that, right? Yes, that's right. In the UK, 12 million people had their wages paid by the government. Quite extraordinary. So, so that massive cost of unemployment was avoided. But, but a cost hasn't been avoided altogether. Incomes were protected, but the ability of the supply side of the economy to, to deliver was not protected. And that's something governments couldn't do. They couldn't synchronise the restart of global production. To, to perfectly match the, the pent-up demand that had built up over the previous two years. And so the cost we've eventually borne is a current spike in inflation. The bond market and, and all central banks view this resultant inflation surge as, as temporary, as do we here at Nutmeg. So for a lot of people, an alternative narrative on the current period of price rises might be that this is a better price to pay than losing their jobs over COVID. At least that's true for the 12 million people who receive furlough payments. The key message Andrew Bailey was trying to get across in February was that wage rises outside of productivity gains will ultimately lead to higher unemployment, which was a cost that the government sought to protect us from in the first place. That's really interesting. Thanks for your insight, Brad. Thanks, Tapas. Thank you for joining us. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss in next month's Investor Update, you can contact us via email or on our social media channels. We look forward to seeing you next month. More information about this update is available in the description.
As with all investing, your capital is at risk. The value of your portfolio with Nutmeg can go down as well as up, and you may get back less than you invest. Past or future performance indicators are not a reliable indicator of future performance.